Hello, I'm Amy McLeod, and today I'm joined by Lord Robert Skodowski. Lord Skodowski is Emeritus Professor of Political Economy at the University of Warwick, and the author of the award-winning biography of economist John Maynard Keynes. Born in Harbin, China, Robert Skodowski and his parents, British subjects of Russian origin, were interned in Manchuria in Japan during the Second World War. He was subsequently educated at Brighton College, Jesus College, Oxford, and Nuffield College, Oxford. His academic career has included positions at the School of Advanced International Studies, John Hopkins University, North London Polytechnic and the University of Warwick, where he became Professor of International Studies in 1978. He remained at Warwick until his retirement in 2007, joining the Economics Department as Professor of Political Economy in 1990. His first book, Politicians and the Slump, was published in 1967, followed by a biography of Sir Oswald Mosley, his first book, Politicians in the Slump, was published in 1967, followed by a biography of Sir Oswald Mosley in 1975. His first volumes of the Keynes biography appeared in 1983. This major three-volume work has won the Wolfson History Prize, the Duff Cooper Prize, the Samuel Johnson Prize for Nonfiction, the James Tate Black Memorial Prize for Biography, the Arthur Ross Book Award and the Lionel Gelber Prize for International Relations. For many years, Robert Skodowski has been actively involved in UK politics. Originally a member of the Labour Party, he left to become one of the founders of the Social Democratic Party, remaining there until its dissolution in 1992. When he became a Conservative, he was made a life peer in 1991 and was Chief Opposition Spokesman in the Lords for Culture, then for Treasury Affairs, 1997-99. In 2001, he left the Conservative Party for the crossbenches. He was the chairman of the Social Market Foundation 1991 to 2001. He has been a fellow of the British Academy since 1994. Today, Lord Robert Skodowski is awarded an honorary Doctor of Letters. Welcome to the University of Warwick, Lord Skodowski, and congratulations on receiving your honorary degree. Tell me, first of all, what receiving this award means to you? Well, it means a number of things. First of all, of course, it's a great honour. Um, to to receive a degree honorary degree from any any good university, but it's a particular one because I um, have had such a long association with Warwick. I was made a pr- prof in 1978, and I retired in 2006. And I was in two departments: international studies and then economics. So, and and they were very happy times for me. And I was able to do a lot of very good work. And of course, I enjoyed being with students. And, um, and and I saw the students get better and better over the time I was here, and as Warwick became uh, an increasingly good and, and indeed wonderful university. So to take you back, you started out your academic career as a historian. Yes. Do you feel that was a good grounding for you? Yes, very good grounding. I think economics without history is, 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 is half-naked, actually, uh, because... Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a science of model building, but whether the models uh, work um, have to be tested, and history is the great test, and you've got to be able to actually uh, take on board the rush of events which history reveals and 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 adapt your thinking to it. And I think one of the problems, uh, one of the things that went wrong in 2008 was people had forgotten their history. They'd forgotten the history of financial crises, why they happened. And they deluded themselves into thinking it would be different next time. There'd be, n- n- there'd be nothing like that, nothing again like the crises of the past. And in that they were very wrong. It would be good to talk about some of those issues a bit 
um, later on. Um, but just first, how would you describe yourself now, a historian or an economist? Or Well, it's difficult. I, I prefer to be um, uh, thought of as an economically literate historian. Okay. You've written two biographies, one of which was three volumes in the life of John Keynes. How does the process of researching a biography change the way you understand the theories of the person you are learning about? It gives a context. It gives a context. It shows you the the, the conditions under which the theories developed, how they were shaped um, by um, the biography, the life of the person, and, and the times uh, through which that person lived. So life and times uh, are crucial in understanding the scope and generality of the theory. Some some theories really um, are limited by by the by, by the context in which they occur. I think all theories are. They're the, you know, there's no real general theory that covers the whole the whole world at all times and the act, behavior of all individuals, irrespective of their circumstances. And I think biography gives you a feel for that. I think um, it also uh, it also gives you gives you. I mean, if you write a biography of Keynes, you get a sense of the mind that produce that theory. And many of the things that seem strange to, to some people become completely understandable if you understand the mind of the, of the genius behind the theory. So can you give us some examples of how researching the biography of Keynes changed how you understood his theories? Well, it, you just you just realise they're much more fertile than, than um, appeared in something called the Keynesian model. The Keynesian model is is like any 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 model. It's a distillation, and you, it's usually the product of a of a single you know a single book. And the, there was Keynes's general theory of employment, interest, and money, and that is the sacred text for Keynesian economics. But you do know from his biography that his thought went much much wider than that. And and again, the general theory was a product of a particular period in the 1930s. But in the 1920s. He was saying other things, um, and then he said other things still in the 1940s. And, and, and it's not that he repudiated what he had said in the 1920s, but it, it was just a different epoch, and so you needed different bits of theory for different occasions. And that you get really from a biographical account. You are now a lord. Has <coughs> this experience changed the way you understand the relationship between academic economics and economic policy? I was always aware that there was a disconnect even before I um, became more involved in public life. Yes, you, you are aware, but people, people in, in, in Parliament, they don't actually either understand economic theory uh, or they're not interested in it. They'll use bits and pieces of it if it suits them to get a handle on a particular problem they have to deal with. But if ever I make a speech in the House of Lords with any theory in it, and I've long since um, abandoned that attempt, um, I notice people I notice people getting restless. You know, well, well what's all this about airy-fairy stuff? It's, you know, we, we want the practicals practical stuff. And so I try to keep very practical and insert my bits of theory slyly and indirectly um, so as not to um, uh, get them completely bewildered. Always very, very practical. They want the problem defined, then they want your, your views, and, and of course never more than one or two ideas per speech. One is better than two. Do you think that's a problem? Well, 
it's it, 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 it is in a way I regret I regret the lack of uh, interest in ideas in in, uh, in, in 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 British public life English public life more than Scottish I think actually because uh, there's a lacking dimension it's it's very very you see when 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 um, George Osborne says um, uh, or I think it was David Cameron you know Every every everyone knows that um, you have to pay back your credit card debt, and governments are like that. They have to pay back their debt, and you want to say you're wrong. Governments are not like private individuals. There's no bank manager, you know, at the end of the line for a government. You have to know some theory to even to make that point. You have to, and, and if you don't know the theory, then it's a very, very common sense thing to say. Of course, a government's in debt, it's like a private individual being in debt. That bank manager rings up, hey, what are you going to do about it? Cut your spending. You've publicly challenged the current government's economic policy. Um, do you think that their chosen path is influenced more by political ideology than economic theory? Then? I don't think it's influenced by economic theory. It's influenced by two things. I think it's influenced by uh, by, by ideology, as you say. Uh, I don't think they like the state, and they certainly hated the last Labour government, and um, uh, also the markets. But the markets are, in a way, part of the same ideology. But undoubtedly, they're also an independent force, and, and they were frightened by uh, market reaction to um, uh, any any continued exp- expenditure, no attempt to reduce the budget deficit. They, they, they thought they'd have to pay a higher price for their debt and that Britain would become like Greece and get into all kinds of trouble of that kind. So undoubtedly, that was important um, influence on the policy. But I think that was, in a way, a rationalisation. I think they just wanted to reduce the size of the state and the economic crisis gave them an opportunity to put that into effect. Your website offers access to articles which you've written across a a range of political issues. And I wonder, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Does your research and thinking about these issues make you more worried than maybe the average person? Or or do you think that ignorance is bliss? Well, I don't know. No, I I wouldn't say ignorance is bliss. I, I... I think that taking a historical view, things aren't as bad as they were in terms of survival of, of, of uh, survival challenges. Um, I think um, I think we're better than we were in the in, in the era of the Cold War. I don't think there there's anything as serious facing the world in the in the short term as the threat of nuclear destruction, which was huge. Um, in, in, in the 50s and 60s and, and right through to the end of the Cold War but we have climate change looming up and, and, and that is a potential survival threat I don't know I, I, think, uh, I think in the very very long run I'm probably a pessimist but in, just in the long run I think we'll, we'll, we'll muddle through I understand that you're now working with the Institute of New Economic Thinking on redesigning the teaching of economics degrees. Uh, why did you get involved in this project? Well, because I thought that that macroeconomics, in particular, um, had 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 was it was it was in complete disarray. It it had nothing really. It, it, first of all, I think um, the, the system of regulations which uh, was produced by the current um, kind of macroeconomics was grossly ineffective 
it didn't it, it didn't wasn't able to control the banks secondly I, I think the type of macroeconomics that was produced by the Chicago school was completely wrong it basically said you didn't need any macroeconomics and I think the whole uh, of that side of the discipline had got into a terrible mess and I think it had got into a terrible mess partly because economics had been cut cut itself off from all the other behavioral sciences economics didn't economists didn't talk to psychologists they didn't talk to sociologists they didn't talk to historians and and they were just introverted and self-enclosed and so one of my aims in 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 starting reform reform of the syllabus is to broaden out the education of economists so that they do actually um, are aware of other theories of human behaviour other than that of the rational consumer. Well, just to round up our discussion, what advice would you give to your fellow graduates today? Well, I tell you what, I I do think okay, it's very important to. Um, to get a, a good job and 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 um, make make uh, you know make a good living, but I'd ask them to remember that life is more than just about making money. There is something called the good life, and what 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 is the good life? They they ought to have a good life, and they ought to think about what a good life is. And I think we're just I'm writing a book about that with my son, and um, it's going to be published next January or February, and it's called How Much Is Enough. So I, uh, I, I've asked them to spare a thought um, about that question. How much is enough to be able to lead a good life? So now in a world where we're less worried about actually surviving, maybe we mm. can think about... Um, yeah, exactly. exactly. How best to live our life, <clears throat> yeah. as opposed to how just to live I think it. That's, that ought to be always there in, in our minds, whatever we do. Thank you very much for speaking to me today, Lord Skodowski, and congratulations again on receiving your honorary degree, and I hope you have enjoyed your time here at Warwick. Thank you.